Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast, and I'm excited today because we have a guest joining us. Will, what's up, man? How's it going, dude? So great to be here. We've uh, we've connected a few months ago, and um, can't wait to talk to you, talk about you know like all that you're up to and and all that. But um, let's first start out. So you're in New York City. You are yeah. living in New York, and you're a startup founder, an entrepreneur. Give us a quick backstory. Sure, backstory. Uh, well, uh, I'm from the Midwest. Um, grew up a number of places, but landed mostly in, in Iowa. And um, a little over four years ago, um, I uh, a buddy convinced me to move to New York. <laughs> it's kind of the, the joking story, but basically, I visited. I told him I would never live in New York, and you know, a few months later, I got, I actually got a job in New York, and so. Um, it, you know, basically, you know, God, God really wanted me to be in New York and I can, I can see why, cause it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, it's led me to where I'm at today, meeting my fiance, um, all sorts of wonderful blessings. So, awesome. um, when are you guys getting, when are you yeah. guys getting married? This summer. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. Very excited. Very That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So cool. You are the co-founder of a really cool company um, in sort of the, would you consider it church tech space? Is that what? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I refer to it as when I'm chatting with people, church tech. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called Together. And I want to get in, um, I want to dive deeper into that here uh, in a bit, but maybe just give us like the, what got you into starting a business? Have you just always been entrepreneurial? Is this... You know, like what got you to the place where you said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start something. Yeah. That's a, I mean, it's such a great question. Cause like for me, I, I, I didn't know I was entrepreneurial early on in my life, you know, middle school and high school, even in college, I was more of create, a creator, illustrator, draw, you know, uh, doing a lot of drawing or art, even perform like, uh, you know, music and theater. And then in college, I really dove into filmmaking and storytelling and all that. Um, and it wasn't until after college that I really started to to discover, you know, the idea of, you know, attaching my creativity with with the idea of business. And, you know, that's been a journey in and of itself, um, you know, of, um, you know, trying ideas or doing my own kind of like design studio. But basically, I my mo- most of my career is actually in product design. So I spent the last 15 years, you know, since university just um getting more and more ingrained into the tech scene and to understanding design. My degrees in advertising and I very quickly did nothing with it other than understanding the foundation of a, of a brand. Um, uh, but I actually found that my unique kind of background has been quite um, beneficial because I, I'm a product designer from the Midwest and all of my schooling, if you will, self-taught schooling happened in the Midwest. And so only recently have I really kind of started to understand that I approach product design in a really founded, uh, like foundational way in the sense of, I understand that not everyone lives in the coasts, you know, I understand that, you know, I, I have friends mm. that, um, you know, aren't the bleeding edge of technology who still to this day don't even know what Ethereum is and you know, things right. of that nature. And so I learned early on the, the benefit of, under, you know, of, really being able to say, what is the brand? What is the promise of this thing that's being built mm-hmm. uh, and designed and all these things? And always being kind of really into tech in high school, I had, um, I don't know if you remember, like uh, 
Palm had this thing called a Clio, I think it was yeah. called. Uh -huh. Like I had no business having this thing in high school, but I did. And, you know, like that was kind of my thing. And like all like bleeding edge technology I really loved mm -hmm. when I was in, you know, small town Iowa. So it's, mm -hmm. um, anyway, so long story short, I, the, one of the markings of my entire career has just been curiosity. I, whether it be through creativity or learning about business or learning about fill in the blank, um, I've always, uh, you know, you know, tech and storytelling are kind of really the foundational aspect of, of how I've approached uh, my career to date. Okay, cool. And is to gather, like, give me a, um, give me something that you tried to start or that you started that <laughs> maybe failed or didn't go the way that you thought, like, what was the first thing that you said, okay, I'm going to, Mm. I'm going to do this on my own. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, I have a, a number of examples of that, not necessarily in tech either. You know, I, uh, like I said, I've, I've dabbled with, um, you know, filmmaking um, and even physical products. Okay. Um, who's your favorite, who's and, your favorite filmmaker? Who's your favorite filmmaker? Do you have one? Well, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite. Akira Kurosawa is definitely up there though. Um, okay. He's, he's, uh, if you're not familiar, he's, uh, filmmaker in, from japan yeah. the 50s and 60s yeah um, I'm, a, I'm a nerdy but, film school kid so i get all oh, okay the obscure, amazing obscure okay references and i and i always Fantastic. feel old because when i was in film school it was all about like the auteur art house super indie directors and now we have right i meet all these like younger kids and i'm like who's your favorite director and they're like christopher nolan and i'm like yeah but that was just yeah not what we were into right. in my mid twenties making movies, you know? Right. It, it's so fascinating. Actually in 2015, I think it was, I hosted, um, speaking of like kind of new methodologies and all that, I hosted a film festival as part of like this big, like creativity week thing, uh, back in my hometown area. And the film festival, it was a 24 hour film festival. And I said, you had to use a mobile device. And it was crazy. Yeah, cool. This was 2015. Yeah. And the put the amount of pushback, I literally had, you know, filmmakers being like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Because it's mm -hmm. like, why would I make a, you know, film or a story on my mm -hmm. phone? Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, of course, like now that's very common. Obviously, you can't replace like a, you know, red camera or anything. But it's, yeah. you know, that but that's kind of like, I've always been looking at the landscape and saying, how can we make it better? Or how can we make it more empowering? How can we, you know, do these things? So, mm -hmm. you know, and you could say, you know, a lot of the things I've tried, there's failure after failure, depending on your perspective, right? Even that film festival, for example, I did it for the community. I did it for creativity. I did it to really kind of push boundaries and get people a little uncomfortable. And, you know, the results were kind of lackluster. In fact, I, I participated in it, you know, and I, I basically to try to, you know, I don't know, kind of lead by example or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I kind of opened the, the viewing part of the, you know, festival, you know, I said, like, I'll just get mine out of the way. Just wanted to participate. Here's mine. And then like a lot of them that were submitted after that were, let's just say good efforts. <laughs> and so, you know, and like, there was a couple that really stood out. Um, but it's interesting, like, you know, if you're going to try stuff and if you're going to get outside of the norm, you're going to basically part of the, what you have to get comfortable with is basically putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And, and when you pair that with failure, what, what yeah. regardless of how public or private the failure is, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a humbling experience. And I've, I have failed in a lot of ways, uh, both very big and very small uh, along the way. And, you know, 
could you argue that like everything's been a failure so far? Sure, because I'm not, you know, I'm not, this call isn't coming from you from my private island. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you know, but at the same time, could you also look at your experience and say, well, I wouldn't be where I'm at without those events happening. You know, Steve yeah. Jobs said, you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. Mm -hmm. And some days more than others, you have to remember that because it's going to, you know, resistance. If you're going to try anything new, resistance will happen. Just mm -hmm. carte blanche, that's a rule of life. Mm -hmm. If you're going to try something and try to like really break out and do something new or different or whatever and build something yourself, resistance mm -hmm. It's how do you react to that resistance? No idea if I answered your question, but. No, that's great. Here. No, I, I love it. I love it. So let's talk for a second about um, your faith. So, man, you are uh, a follower of Jesus. You are involved in your church. Uh, uh, I almost said Hillsong NYC, not Hillsong NYC. Nope. C3, C3 NYC. <laughs> um, so, okay. That which, I mean, man, we love, we've had Fillmore and Josh and the whole crew on mm -hmm. the podcast you know, Josh has been a, just a massive influence in my life. And so love, love, love the crew over there. Um, talk to you about, um, your faith and how has that informed, um, maybe your career up until this point and even how you view what you're building now? Yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, faith is obviously foundational. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid all the kind of like stereotypical platitudes and whatnot that, you know, you could fill in the blank here with, but, you know, faith is, is a wonderful mystery. And one of the things I love about faith is, you know, it truly is, it's, it's universal and individual all at the same time, right? and thus the mystery of it um and so for me i um for a lot of reasons growing up um obviously like my my upbringing informed who i became but one of the things that i really latched on to personally was um this idea of you know connection um and you know there's um and if, if you're familiar with Enneagram, I'm, I'm a four, which means I'm the one that like really loves intentionality. <laughs> and okay. so, yeah. um, and that really, you know, that really impacted, like, I didn't know that until honestly just a couple of years ago. And so looking back, I was like, I was always craving intentionality. And what's interesting is that different personality types, they don't know, how, they don't, they don't give intentionality the, the way that of fours mm -hmm. like to receive it sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so what I found, what was really interesting for me, at least and really transformative in my faith walk was understanding the intentionality that, um, that the father has with us. And even, and even that, how I talk about him has changed a lot. And this is my personal journey and everyone's, mm -hmm. you know, again, it's all individual and universal at the same time, mm -hmm. but, you know, understanding that God, the father is a father figure and someone that, you know, cares deeply and intentionally about you, um, was really, um, really bolstered my faith. And especially, you know, moving to New York, it's an interesting place, man. It's a, it's a pressure cooker. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, and it'll, it'll cook you out or it'll help refine you, you know, real fast. I've spent a lot of time there over the years. And I always say it's like, anyways, it's great for like four or five days for work. And then it's like (laughs) ready to get out. I love it. But I, I've Mm -hmm. always said, yeah, I can't imagine it's a different level of just grind and not even in like the work sense, just in life in general, you know, everything is pressure here. It's true. Now, and, and you have to learn how to adapt to that. And I'll get back to your question in a second, but basically like I found that you have to have a really strong kind of uh, social life here, not, not going out, but just like friends. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I've observed is a lot of people is like, they get out of New York often, you know, to, in order, like they go and travel and do weekend trips. Mm-hmm. That's a little life hack for living in New York is you basically get out of New York regularly. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, faith for me, like, uh, one of the tenets of faith is that intentionality and is that, you know, and that's a two way street, right? Like God is always there, but then you have to be intentional mm-hmm. um, in return and in response mm-hmm. to that. And so I, uh, one of my, um, you know, like life verses or you want to call it that I, you know, I've written up in my kitchen. I, I think about, I see it every day. I think about it every day is Hebrews uh, 10, 35, 36. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about the, 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 uh, value of confidence in your life and the um, and also the endurance that's needed in life. And so I think um, as a four, I'm really good at getting in my head. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, and it's um, it's and then the emotions play in and then you like you assume others like all sorts of weird things happen. Right. And that that's not just a four thing. It's a human thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, the fact that God in this particular passage, you know, Heavenly Father was just basically saying, you know, be, uh, be confident and, you know, but also endure, right? That there's actually great value in these things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that, where does that, ultimately, where does that confidence come from? Because I'm really good at that confidence, you know, coming from me, right? Like from my, rather from my like performative nature, if I can perform, if I can do well, you know, mm-hmm. so ultimately my faith, one area that my faith has been really transformative is just understanding that, you know, that intentionality with him, that, that two-way street with God um, and how that informs my response to life and, and where that confidence and endurance comes from. Mm. And that's honestly part of why we're building what we're building now together. Like, it's just, we want to create a community that is ultimately around empowering people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk to me um, about just kind of the Genesis story of that, which I I love. It's like um, you know knowing a bit about the church and church has been on and how that has led you guys to create. And correct me if I'm wrong about any of this stuff, but create this um, this product is like so amazing because you have and it's again it's weird to talk about this in like church. Um, to use this language when talking about church stuff, but you guys have sort of like found and created your own product market fit and have sort of like built this product around that. Right. So I don't know, dude, just give me like the Genesis for uh, what is the product? When did you guys start it? What led you to start it? And what are you guys working on now? Sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, a few years ago, uh, started talking with Josh about tech ideas. He had a specific idea for how software could, you know, solve some problems um, or not problems, but like help enhance um, the church and with, within his church. 
and me being a designer and tech person, I it's something I just kind of thought about regularly and observed rather quite regularly, especially as a you know a leader in the church and all those things. I, I would I would interface with these tools that were being used, and mm-hmm. and I had you know long story short, we started talking, and you know ultimately it was around this idea of you know how can how can technology help um, specific types of people in the church and, you know, starting, you know, of course with the church members, but really one thing that I found quite interesting and, and really the, the genesis of the conversation was if you think about the lifeblood of the church in this, in this small group uh, setting, one thing that's really interesting is um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great, uh, you know, there's a lot of software out there doing great work in terms of helping people do tasks, right? It's very kind of utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the people that are using this, the apps, right? Like there's, yes, there's church staff and we want to solve, um, solve things for church staff and, and help them do their job well and even mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. But what about like the single mom who loves leading and, and volunteering at her church mm-hmm. or the the guy who's just out of college and is like building his career. And he also, you know, he's trying to also serve his church and wants to be a leader and stuff like that. These are people that have very busy, complicated lives and everyone in between, obviously, but like very busy, complicated lives. And, you know, what if we made their lives a little easier, both in connecting authentically and dynamically with, with members of their small groups, but then also the things that help run a thriving community, like, you know, reporting in real time and making that just a few taps away instead of logging onto a platform to do this or that, Right. you know? And so we, that was kind of our lens. Um, and that has been our lens to the state of, which is, and for you some, know, how can, for some, so not to interrupt, but for some context, you guys were trying hmm. to figure the vision of C3NYC, or at least part of the vision would be uh, you guys call your small groups dinner parties. So the idea is, you know, basically the goal is we can reach New York City through having a dinner party on every block. And that's kind of been mm-hmm. the story of the church from the beginning, right? So you guys mm-hmm. have, I I mean, into the hundreds, right, of dinner parties. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we're Well, before the pandemic hit, we were yep. close to 100. I think we're back up to, I don't know the exact number, but certainly like around the 60s or, or low 70s now again. Yeah. So basically the idea is like, how do we keep in contact with, communicate with, mobilize all of these leaders across, hmm. you know, the five boroughs and then also in, in a couple different countries. Cause I know you guys are in, uh, in, um, Paris, Paris. and, and mm-hmm. Philly as well. So that's kind of where that came out of, right. Which is like, we have thousands of people in these groups, in these dinner parties, we have hundreds probably of dinner party leaders, um, mm-hmm. And how do we sort of connect all of that together? So that's like the context in which you guys are essentially thinking through how do we engage these people at a deeper level? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's that's part of the inter- the really interesting thing about this is, you know, you said it earlier, it's kind of like product market fit right away is it's, you know, it's founder market fit. You know, Josh was a co-founder. Yep. He in, in a you know pastor of, you know, 20 plus years experience. He was, he was like, of all the, all the softwares out there and all the solutions and he, you know, being a tech savvy guy himself, he, you know, he was never shy to try new things and of everything out there, he's like, I'm still not getting the results I want, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and that's kind of the idea is to your point is, you know, how can we help these leaders and members stay connected in a way that 
you know, actually empowers, actually um, encourages, actually helps get things, you know, done or more organized or, you know, dinner parties happening more fluidly even, you know, and because otherwise you're just using, you know, five plus different tools to communicate with everybody. Right. Um, and, I, you know, it's, I think it's, um, it's a big stretch to say like to have everyone on one tool, but I, I think it's possible if the tool is built around the member and not the spreadsheet. And right. that's where, so we are, you know, we're, re, we're, and now because we've been using it at C3 NYC since November, um, we've actually, we are about to go to market and we already have uh, lots of churches who have expressed interest in, in using the platform because they see, those who know the problems that we're solving, they see how we're solving it and get really excited about it pretty quick. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we're about is connecting people in a, in a much stronger way. And, and our kind of our roadmap of what we want to do is really exciting in terms of how are we empowering people both individually and as small groups. Um, and it's, it's really neat. It's in, you know, it, we're really excited to get it into the, to the hands of, of churches around the world. Yeah. So I want to go back to something you said, you mentioned, um, you know, this idea of trying to get everybody on one app, right? It feel mm -hmm. a bit, um, it just like a, an extra project or I that's a lot of the, the conversation around this is like, there are all these existing tools that we already use. We already use text or WhatsApp, or I know as a church, we've used text and WhatsApp and we've used email and now we use Slack. And again, we're just like hacking together a bunch of different tools. Um, mm -hmm. what was the process like of getting everyone on the app? And then how fruitful has it been once you get everyone on it, right? Because there's the product adoption piece that I think mm -hmm. maybe some people are going, man, that sounds like, you know, that sounds like a, a big feat. But really, it sounds like what you're saying is maybe it is, but what's on the other side of that is so much more fruit. What that, what's that journey been like just at C3NYC and as you guys have been testing mm -hmm. this app? Of Absolutely. Kind of like, you know, practically, you know, getting, getting people on the app, using the app, and then um, what have you guys learned in that process? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, part of what we're trying to do in this space is is solve um, some issues at, at lots of different uh, steps, right? And so we know that obviously, you know, onboarding to a new platform when you're dealing with you know, dozens or hundreds or even thousands of members, mm -hmm. that's a bit of a process. Mm -hmm. And and so but we're but we want this to feel engaging and that's what you know if our thesis is by having an engaging social component to the app itself it's going to be um more enjoyable it's not just you know oh another app to download like we're talking about a custom home feed where people can like and engage with um you know content from the church it, it becomes basically a trusted and safe space where people want you can can know like I'm going to go here and I'm going to be in a reliably, excuse me, reliably in, um, encouraging and uplifting environment with all my other church friends, as opposed to I'm going to go open up Instagram and get distracted by a bunch of stuff and I'll go look at all these ads and you know like now now I'm just being advertised to you know where's my church feed you know like all those things right, mm -hmm. but the church can actually customize their home feed and post to it regularly. And on cool. top of the fact that you can go and chat with your friends too. And so right. there, there's a lot of product thought process designed into the experience mm -hmm. 
that, you know, as being a product designer for the last 15 years and studying, you know, app usage and stuff like that, um, the expertise of both, it's kind of interesting, but between the three co-founders, we bring expertise that is ultimately created an experience that people enjoy one, you know, at once they realize, once they're in it and realize what is all available to them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, you know, there's a little bit of work to get people onto it. And we try to help that as much as possible. We're planning on, you know, providing, um, you know, like slides and things of that nature to help communicate, you know, the app and all that. But mm -hmm. one of the things, so we're in the middle of a fundraising right now. And one of the very first priorities is getting an Android app done as soon as humanly possible. Right. And we're very excited about that because we're, we're iOS only right now. But as a me, like knowing to your question, we wanted to make sure people could, you know, use it regardless of device even. And so there's actually a very, um, there's a there's a web app component as well where you can essentially access everything, including your groups and inbox all through the uh, 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 the web as well. And so we're just really like, and at, at the end of the day, that connectivity and really in that simplicity of connectivity is what we're aiming for to help with adoption, to help with ease of use. Um, and we're finding that, um, you know, people are spending a lot of time on the app. They open it regularly. Um, and that um, the response so far has been fantastic. In fact, I remember showing, I was at an event and I showed a guy who um, he's a leader in the church and I showed him a test flight version of the app on my phone because we actually hadn't fully released this particular feature to the app yet, or sorry, to the church yet. Mm -hmm. And I showed him and he was just looking at it and he, I said, well, what do you think of that? And he looked at me and you could see just like this weight of um, exasperation just get lifted off of him. Like, like he literally said, like, that is literally what I've been wanting for years. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, a, that is exactly why we're doing this is because yeah. we want his life and you know people in his position to to be so excited about this because what's that what's that going to do it's going to free them up to focus more on their community mm -hmm. you know and and that's where you start to see all these little effects take place where you start to have <clears throat> excuse me have a community that's just thriving together and that is that's really exciting mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool what um what is something that you guys, something we talk about a lot on the podcast is sort of, you know, as founders and entrepreneurs, we have oftentimes very strong assumptions, right? A lot of the reasons mm -hmm. we start companies is because we are assuming a problem that needs to be solved. And sort of the key is like, as you move through the process, uh, being aware enough that, hey, maybe I assumed wrong on something. Is there anything that mm. you guys thought at the beginning, like people will definitely dig this or people will really use this platform this way um, mm. that you kind of was like, oh, maybe our assumption is a little bit off. And what are some of the big learnings that you've had um, since you launched it, even just in your own, own church? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that's been just such a massive blessing to the development of the product and the platform itself is having C3 NYC partner to um, to use um, and to pi help pioneer this platform because it's been they they have had such patience really you know working with a very small development team with within which has a lot of limitations because of that mm -hmm. but. But what's really been, been really awesome is being able to, it's kind of a product designer's uh, goldmine, like 
having real-time feedback with stuff. And so there have been there have been features that we have designed and launched. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And they're like, we don't know how to use this, you know, or we don't, you know. And so there was um, there were certain features where, you know, um, like you can, as a leader, you can actually, um, we, we thought as a team, as a product team, that leaders wouldn't really need to change dates of small group based on the way that C3OIC does it. It's like a set cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so early, early on, we are like, oh, well, we can just, establish you know the actual cadence um in the app and and um you know leaders don't really need to change it uh, the admin could but you know we won't we don't need the the members to change it or the leaders rather and we learned pretty quick that that wasn't the case um, and so and what's interesting is obviously that means like okay well that that has implications to the product design and stuff like that um and i think one um there are other there's a feature that i, I don't want to talk about too much right now, but there's a, a feature that we have with streaming that um, we are really excited to get out there. And early on, I thought it was going to be um, really like latched onto really strongly. Mm-hmm. And the feedback wasn't quite as um, uh, powerful as I thought it was going to be. And so that was a really interesting moment for me to say, okay, you know, certain certain learnings from the pandemic um might yes they're here to stay but it might not be as strongly as i perceived it would be but what's cool about is that you know doing that work built a cool feature that allows us to iterate on top of now or you know or iterate within and so we're um we're you know we're really excited to to continue that process that's really cool that's really cool um Okay, so I texted you about this the other day um, about the the app, and I want to, mm. you know, I want you to kind of run me through it here. So, I'm location pastor at at my mm-hmm. local church, and so I'm thinking about you know this this app, and I'm like thinking, man, yeah, it would be great to have everybody in one spot, being able to communicate and allowing there to be a back and forth. And mm. so on one end, I'm like, man, this is incredible, and then I literally just it popped into my head like, oh gosh, what's the moderation like on this? Because anyone knows leading in church, you get on WhatsApp threads and Slack and the conversation <laughs> can go way yep. off really quickly. And next thing you know, we're talking about politics and theology and people, it, and it just becomes this whole mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, thing. So I think with the benefits of, of a like, closed communication ecosystem like this, where there's a lot of access and everyone can message and chat and go back and forth. And that's not all that the app does, but that's one of the features, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is, for, for like a church leader that's listening going, man, I, I don't, gosh, the thought of getting everybody on one, being able to communicate with one another on one hand sounds awesome. On the other hand, sounds a bit anxiety inducing because now they can just, under under an app mm-hmm. can you know run by the church can talk about whatever they want so what right. is like what does that look like like i suppose moderation and um and all of that yeah well uh, great question i mean and honestly that's you know any most tools that churches use have this problem right like whatsapp you know same thing i can i can message anybody in the same group because i can click in through their profile mm-hmm. we have a we from day one, this is a topic that was really important to me because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the things that you're referring to, you know, 
and go and off, I go off the rails really quickly, right? Real fast. And so we actually are really intentional about about safety and about security. Um, you know, there's a there's an admin role we call oversight. So you can actually assign someone on staff to be an oversight role, which allows them the ability to to manage all the group chats. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then of course admins can um, engage with people if they're you know or or you know remove them altogether if it's a very extreme case. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side, um, you can actually if you're so there's a couple things. One is you can only DM someone if they're in your small group. Currently, the way it's it works now is I can't like if you and I were in different dinner parties or small groups or connect groups, and I couldn't find you on the app and DM you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's that one at least closer, yeah. like that's a, a closer circle. But the other thing, of course, is in the group chats, you're, you know, uh, we're actually about to launch this feature um, as part of our market ready plan is your, you know, the ability to flag a message and that goes directly to the a- admin inbox. There's actually a very, a, a very large and sophisticated like um, notification system that, that is from the app speaking to the admins. Um, in all various kinds of different ways and really, um, you know, like in terms of small group management ways, uh, like new members and members left and stuff like that. But um, so, you know, if you saw something in, in your group chat that was inappropriate or, or made you uncomfortable, you could flag that and that mm-hmm. goes to the admin. You could even, you know, add a little message or, or just go into uh, uh, message that admin if you're like, hey, this is weird. Um, but there's a little, those kind of things are, are really intentionally built into the platform in lots of different ways. For example, if a small group leader is tracking attendance for that week, they can add a note to the report. They can, you know, like, Hey, this happened. It was a little weird or, you know, or or conversely, like this went really well, this, you know, this person wasn't here because of that, or, you know, it doesn't always have to be (laughs) doom and gloom, but, um, but on this, on this topic of reporting and, and really management, you know, that's part of, you know, making sure that the community feels safe. And so obviously we, we hope that all communities, you know, kind of have that kind of self-management aspect to it. But in those situations, you know, messages and or, you know, people can be flagged. And of course, people can leave group chats very easily as well um, if they if they wanted to. So there's a there's a, a number of different ways that we're trying to mitigate and and help you know, especially the staff, um, but the members too know that they're um, as protected as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So before we close, talk to me about, um, and I, I know you and I have, have touched on this before, just the idea of, and you kind of talked about earlier, is like coming out of the pandemic, churches look mm-hmm. different. Um, obviously the message is the same. The mandate is the same, you know, preach the gospel, <laughs> make disciples, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think we're lying to ourselves if we say that people are maybe looking for something a little bit different, maybe something a bit more deeper, holistic, all the above. Mm. And I know you and I have talked a lot about this product helping with that from the sense of, Mm. you know, it's really big right now to be a part of a Discord server or a private chat (laughs) channel. So all this kind of stuff. So what is it about, I think, that, you know, this product that you guys have are, are getting ready and, you know, using in your own church that kind of really moment that we're in right now in church communities mm-hmm. and you know like the future of mm-hmm. what this kind of church life looks like absolutely 
Well, let me be clear. No technology is a replacement for the church. Mm-hmm. Period. Hard stop. Um, however, I think technology can be built in a really smart way to empower church connections. I think, uh, you know, the hybrid model is here to stay. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, there, there are churches all over where, you know, some of their growing demographic within their churches are non-Christians who just want community, you know? And so there's a lot to, um, a lot to pay attention to there. And ultimately, you know, the way we look at it um, with Together is we want to empower um, all of the kind of core types of people in a church community um, and, and make lives a little easier so that authentic connection can happen more seamlessly. And that connection, yes, with your small groups, but also individually, like, you know, meaning, you know, let's let's let the business, quote unquote, of church get out of the way a little bit. Like, let's make that a little easier. Let's let's make the community management and the this app and that app and all these things. Let's make that a little easier so you can actually focus on on engaging with your church community which hopefully first and foremost is directing you upwards and directing you to that personal relationship mm-hmm. and then freeing you up to have a more authentic connection with those in your select your your community that you've chosen to be part of you know your that church community mm-hmm. and you know and ultimately that's what we're about we want to you know part of the roadmap and the reason we want to really go uh, gangbusters uh, 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 towards this goal of growing together is like we want a resources section we want to we want to provide the ability for churches to create intentional pathways or even co- you know courses within the platform um because again it's a hybrid model you know we're we we're about that local church and we and we're that's part of you know the foundation of what we've built is empowering that local church but at the end of the day it's up to us individually you know, kind of going full circle here to have that intentional relationship, mm-hmm. you know, with God and with our community. Mm-hmm. And so if we can, if we can help move the needle on that, if we can, in, 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 if it's one way or several ways through our platform, if we can move the needle on helping people be more intentional about their connection with their faith walk in their community, then that is, that is a success in my opinion. Really cool. Really cool. Well, the app is uh, Together, and where can people find that online? Where can people find more about you guys? Yeah, so it's uh, gettogether.co. Um, not get together, but get together. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a wait list on there. If people um, are super interested and, and want to sign up for the wait list, um, we're also looking to connect with um, anyone in the space that uh, feels inspired to chat. My, uh, my email is will at gettogether.co. Awesome. Will, thanks for, uh, thanks for the time, man. This was a really cool conversation, and I know so many people are going to be just intrigued about what you guys are doing. So appreciate it, man, and we will talk to you again soon. Of course. Thanks so much. It was really fun. Mm-hmm.